Grace and peace be yours from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Our text this morning is from the Gospel reading Luke the 20th chapter, these words of our Lord, where it says that Jesus said to the Sadducees who questioned him regarding the resurrection, he said that the dead are raised, even Moses showed in the passage about the bush where he calls the Lord the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. Now he is not the God of the dead, but of the living. This is our text, dear friends, in our Lord Jesus Christ. Last week we considered the saints of God, all His saints, on that All Saints Sunday. Both those gone before us in the faith and those of us yet still going on toward our heavenly home. Beginning next week, our attention is directed to the crowning glory of all His saints that longed for a second coming of Christ. This week... The week in between the two, his saints below, we, his saints below, consider words that very much apply to the in-between. Between the depths of our struggle as his saints pressing on here below and the heights of that promised return to come, well, today we consider what our Lord does not intend for his pilgrim saints to forget as they make their way to our heavenly home. He intends us not to forget that our God is the God of the living. That's food for the journey, especially when the journey's long and we grow weary. And so today, that's what we consider, that our God is and that he always will be the God of the living, and that makes us the living. But not everyone sees it that way. Consider those Sadducees we heard about in the text, the Sadducees. We meet them again today. In fact, we see them often in our readings. But who exactly were these Sadducees? Well, ancient Hebrew documents tell us that this political party of the Sadducees was a rather exclusive faction of aristocratic priests. Rather aloof, ivory tower theologians of their day. That's who they were. The group is thought to have derived its name, Sadducees, from either one of two high priests named Zadok, Zadokis, hence Sadducees, or perhaps from the Hebrew word Sadak, which means righteous. Sadakis, Sadducees. It's interesting. Contrary to the, their frequent appearances together in the scriptures, the Sadducees didn't like much the Pharisees. They didn't like them very much because they disagreed with them on rather fundamental doctrinal points. They didn't like each other very much, but they hated Christ more. So that's why we often find them in league against Christ, often in the scriptures. It's supposed of the Sadducees that, that the group had risen to its popular heights in those decades around the time of Christ's earthly ministry here below. But then with the destruction of the temple in 70 AD, the group seems to have vanished from history. Those Sadducees. Well, the Sadducees may have vanished, but their beliefs certainly have not. You ever heard someone deny the supernatural, like angels and, and spirits? Well, the Sadducees did. You ever known someone who's lived by and perhaps sadly has died in the belief that there's nothing after this life, that death ends it all? There's no afterlife of which to speak. Well, the Sadducees said the same. 
Have you never heard someone dismiss as little more than wishful thinking the belief in and, and our expectation of the resurrection of these bodies of ours? Well, the Sadducees dismissed that as well. The Sadducees, they may be long gone, but their beliefs are still alive and well and shared by so many today. That's why our Lord's response to their charge is so contemporary today and, every, and, in, and in every age. His answer rings still just as true. And what about that answer? Well, Luke's gentle. Luke's gentle and he leaves out our Lord's direct response to them. He picks up quickly with the rest of our Lord's argument considering the fact that Moses in the Old Testament even wrote of the resurrection and life everlasting, calling the Lord the God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob. But Matthew doesn't leave out our Lord's stinging response to the charge. Matthew tells us that Jesus fired right back at those who denied the resurrection. And he said, you know neither the scriptures nor the power of God. You know neither the scriptures nor the power of God. Make no mistake, there are those. There are those who regard very little the promised resurrection of the scriptures and the power of God to do what he's promised. There are those, like Lady Anne Grimston. Maybe you've heard of her. Lady Anne Grimston of Tuin, England, her, her tomb is famous these days. You see, Lady Grimston didn't believe in the resurrection or life everlasting. You might, see she, you might say that she was a Sadducee at heart. When she lay dying in her palatial home, she said to have remarked to a friend, I'll live again as surely as a tree will grow out of my body. Well, Lady Grimston died and was buried in a marble tomb. And the grave was, was marked by a large marble slab and then it was surrounded by an iron railing. Years later, though, the heavy marble slab was found to have moved a bit. And then it cracked. And through the crack... A small sprout sprang up and the sprout grew into a sapling and the sapling into a tree and the tree continued to grow, tilting the stone and breaking the marble masonry until today this tree growing from her grave has surrounded the tomb with its roots and has torn the railing out of the ground with its massive trunks, four trunks in all to this tree. This unlikely tree, this unexpected tree at Lady Grimston's grave, it's said to be one of the largest trees in all of England. There will be those like Lady Grimston who dismiss the scriptures, but friends, it makes the scriptures no less true. There will be and there are those who dismiss their promises, but it makes them no less sure. And there are and will be those who deny the power and the future potential of that God-implanted seed in each one of us, but friends, that won't stop it from sprouting. A seed planted in us at baptism. And a seed tenderly nurtured by our Lord through our regular use. As we are here today, our regular use of his nutrient word. And his seed sustaining supper. A seed that thrives in the light of his son. A seed that will break through the grave. Just give it some time. It will break through the grave and will exceed all of our expectations, but know that like Sadducee Lady Grimston, 
until the last day, there will be those who dismiss the promise of our Lord and his power to fulfill it. Many will, but friends, let's be sure that we don't. And by God's grace, we won't. But we all know, we all know how the troubles of the everyday now can take our minds off Scripture's promise, promised tomorrow, and all the potential lying latent there in faith's seed, all our glory to come. We know it so easily happens that, that when the troubles of today, and they're very grave troubles, many of them of today, when these troubles of today are on our minds, they naturally consume our thoughts, and when they occupy our minds, so often the promises of our Lord don't occupy our minds. Isn't that how it happens? So often our, His promises don't occupy our, our minds, but let's not, friends, let's not forget those promises. His promises of help for today and His promises regarding our glorious destiny for tomorrow. And let's not forget His power to fulfill those promises and His word that He will, for it's in these times, these troubling times in our lives. It's in these times when faith needs those promises most remembered. Think about it. There's someone here today, perhaps you, who recently received news that he didn't want to hear. And it changes things. Perhaps news from an employer or from a doctor, whatever. You receive that news and now you stand at the foot of a real uphill climb. And frankly, it's hard to say. It's still too early, perhaps, to say how things are going to turn out this time. It's in these times that we need to, that faith needs to remember those promises of our Lord and His power to fulfill them. Or there's the person who's still yet waiting to hear from that doctor and hear what he has to say, painfully. Painfully waiting on those test results for them to be returned. And maybe that person's you, and he stands at a fork in life's road, staring at two very different paths that lie ahead, not yet knowing which one will be a part of his life story. It's at these times that faith needs to remember the promises of our God and His power to fulfill them. Or there's the soldier. As we are here on this Veterans Day, there's the soldier who spends his days and sleepless nights in a hot combat zone, much like Lieutenant Colonel Tim Small has for the last year. And we thank God that he's been returned home safely. Soldiers like him, like many of you veterans who did in times past, spending days and nights daily working amid the ever-present reminder from the gunshots and the bomb blasts that this minute could be here your last on earth. In these times, then, Oh, to remember the promises of our Lord and His power to fulfill them. Or there are those soldiers who don't return home as safe and, and intact. Soldiers like Staff Sergeant Jason Inman, husband of, of member Kaylin Hyman Inman. Soldiers who proudly wear the purple heart like he does now. And rightly so, but, but that purple heart, because... Wearing because of his injury, that purple heart has not the power to restore a hand or a limb lost. But oh, for all those wounded and those badly maimed who now have to live life 
in, in the difficulties of the everyday to remember the resurrection promises of our Lord and his power to fulfill them. There's someone here today and maybe it's you who's grown weary of fighting the faithful fight. Or there's someone here today, perhaps it's you who not long ago buried a loved one or a friend. At these times, friends, at these times, these are the times that we need to, that faith needs to remember those promises of our Lord and His power to fulfill them. Those promises, that's the breath. That's the breath in our spiritual lungs. It's the wind in the sails of faith. That's what keeps us Christians pushing on ahead when the journey's wearing. The assurance that our Lord gives that contrary to all the claims made, the assurance that this world and this life is not at all all there is. And Christ himself tells you that in the text for today. He says the dead will be raised. There is more to it. There is life everlasting. Life without bad news from a doctor. Life without anxious thoughts. Awaiting test results, life without soldiers in harm's way, life without tearful eyes. At the loss of a dear one, it sounds wonderful, it sounds too good to be true, but Christ says it's true. He says it's true. As he tells us today in our text, remember what he says in the resurrection of the faithful and in that life to come. He says, as we heard in the gospel reading today, those faithful raised in the resurrection, they cannot die. Literally in the Greek it says they have not the ability to die. Wonderful news for us here today and as we press on. And this promise he wants you to be sure of, so sure of, that note this well. That many prophets before him, inspired by the Holy Spirit, they gave you the same resurrection promise. And many apostles after our Lord, equally inspired by the Holy Spirit, delivered that same promise to you, but our Lord felt it of highest importance that you hear this promise from his own lips. So he gives it to you today in the text. He himself in the text promises it to you. He says, look forward to that resurrection to come. In the text, he promises it to you. And in his empty tomb, he guarantees it to you. That testament of truth, of that life to come, of our being alive in Christ... That testament of truth would so often hang in the form of a banner at the back of the church in San Pablo where I used to serve. Pictured on that banner were, were the word and the sacraments, an open book of, of the holy scriptures and a shell of, of baptism and the chalice of holy communion. These instruments of God's grace that keep us connected to Christ by delivering to us the forgiveness of sins and that life won for us on the cross, that life he delivers to us in these means of grace. And so these instruments on this banner, they were pictured. And at the base of, of the artwork of this bird and, and of the sacraments was this scriptural promise from Romans 6. It said, alive in Christ. And that banner would be called upon often to hang there in the back of the church and proclaim that that truth, but I think perhaps that banner proclaiming that promise never spoke so loudly and maybe was never heard so clearly as when it would dutifully hang there for funeral services. And as the casket of that redeemed one of God would pass by, 
and the family would follow, it would, re- it would remind each of those who saw it hanging there. Each of us, it would remind that those in Christ are, el- are alive in Christ. Those of us who remain in Christ are alive in Christ though the, because though they die, like Abraham and like Isaac and like Jacob before us, though they die, though we will die, yet we shall remain alive in Christ. And that banner and its scriptural promise is for us today a reminder too that no matter how feeble we might feel and we might be in this life, our God, our God is the God of the living. And that means we're the living. Let's never think that the bodily frame is a picture of the spiritual life within. It never works out that way. In fact, it's so often exactly the opposite. Even when our minds and our bodies would be so disordered, perhaps even dying, we live. We may limp and we may hobble or shuffle or wobble up to his sacramental table, but into these bodies of decay, friends, is placed, and into these bodies of decay is poured life undiminished, In our ears and our eyes, they may be less able to hear and less able to see His spoken and His written word, far less able than they used to be. But into these failing ears and eyes, friends, He sends His word of spiritual life unfading. Friends, though outwardly decaying, inwardly we beam and inwardly we brim with His life. For our God is not a God of the dead, but he is and always will be a God of the living. And that means we are the living. The God of the living. That's who he is. That's who he is and in Christ, that's who we, the living, are. And who we always will be. In his holy name. Amen.